of you grab your message notes. We're going to dive right in. It's good to be back. We were gone for about two weeks, and uh, I feel like I missed you all. Most of you, I mean all of you, yes. It's awesome. It's good to be here today. We're going to continue our series that uh, John started last week, talking about building a solid foundation today. But the fact that, hey, did you know that we're under construction? Yeah, both out there and you are. That's what we're talking about. The fact that, that God is at work in your life and he, he's, you're, you're like a work prod, you're a project in, in process. God is working on you. And the first verse in your notes is one of my favorite verses and it's Philippians 1.6. And it says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, I love this verse. It's so, there's so many good parts of it. And the fact is that, first of all, God is the one doing the work. God is working inside each one of us, our hearts, our minds, our lives, our souls, every part of our lives. Matter of fact, in Romans 8, it tells us that, that God is working everything that happens in our lives together for our good. It's another part of that whole process. But here, here's the thing. You're not done yet. Every one of you here this morning, there, there's God is working in your life, which is such a hopeful concept because he's creating every one of us into something very special. Hey, matter of fact, in Ephesians, it says he's creating you to be a masterpiece. Did you realize that? You are that special. And it says you are his handiwork. You, you are uh, a wor his workmanship. And so the fact that God's not done with any of us should give us a lot of hope. Because if you're here today and you're going, you know what? Life is actually pretty good for me. Well, guess what? It has the potential of getting so much better. And if you're like, well, you know what? Uh, life isn't at all good for me. The good news is because God's at work, it has the potential of being good, much better than what you could ever imagine. And that is a hope for all of us. So today, just like any building, we're, it all starts with the foundation, okay? In order for us to have a building, this, this building here, it has a foundation, and we're assuming it's pretty level. You're all sitting pretty level. It's not like this, right? Some of you are off a couple half couple bubbles, but um, you ever been accused of that? Half a bubble short of level or plumb, whichever direction you're going. But the fact is this. Our foundation determines how the building goes. Your foundation is what you build your life on. It's what you stand on. It's, all, it's out of your foundation that you make decisions in life. It's how your relationships go out of the, out of the foundation that, that God has built and that you have built in your life. So if your foundation is not solid, if it isn't level, sort of like this, if it isn't square, if you're building a square building, right, you want the foundation to be square because if the foundation isn't square, 
If it isn't true, if it's not correct, then the building isn't going to be either. Some of you that are builders, contract, you understand this. The same with you. Your found, the foundation of your life, if it isn't correct, if it isn't solid, if it isn't true, level, square, whatever you want to use, it's going to cause some major, major problems in your life. You're, you're going to start believing things that aren't true. You're going to start thinking things that aren't true. You're going to make bad decisions because every decision that you make comes out of the foundation that you've built in your life. If the foundation isn't good, then your decisions are not going to always be good. Same thing with relationships. If you don't have a good, solid foundation in your life, you're going to struggle in relationships. That's why it is so important to have a good, solid foundation because it protects you. It protects you from harm. It protects you from, from all of the, the storms that come our way, from, from the shaking that's happening, the lies. <laughs> I mean, all the lies that are happening in the world right now, Every day you are bombarded with things that are just not true. Sometimes they're in your mind. The devil makes sure that he fills your mind with lies all the time. The world, every, everything you hear from out there, so much of it is just not true. And if you don't have a foundation of truth, we're going to talk about this, you're very vulnerable to the lies of our society and of our world. Now, Jesus talked about the importance of a, a good, solid foundation. And uh, it's, you, you've heard of the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew, but it's also you find parts of it in Luke and then also in Mark. But the full, complete version of it is in Matthew's, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And so Jesus is teaching all these very practical things, the most important, most powerful sermon in history. And at the end of it, at the end of the sermon, he, he stops and he says, okay, now, all the things that I just taught you, all the things that I've said, uh, if, 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 all, if all that you do is hear what I said, but you don't put it into practice, it doesn't mean anything. Here's what he says in uh, Matthew 7, 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it, because it is built on bedrock. In other words, it has a solid foundation. It's not going anywhere. But anyone who hears my teaching, now catch this, hears my teaching. In other words, today it'd be for anyone, they, they read the Bible all the time. They go to church, they hear sermons all the time. They might even be in Bible studies a lot, but they don't obey it. They're foolish. And he says, it's like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And we wonder why we struggle sometimes in life. It may not be a full-blown crash, but it, <laughs> you might have some cracks in the foundation. You might have some things you're going, why are things working out the way they are in my life? Because possibly 
possibly the foundation has some faults in it. It's not completely square, solid, or level. So here Jesus is saying, look, it's not enough to just hear my teaching. It's not enough to just read the Bible. It's not enough just to come to church every week and hear a sermon. It's not enough to even just go to a Bible study. You can do that the rest of your life. The, it's the applying it part. It's the obeying. It's doing what it says that will actually build that solid foundation. Anything less than that will not have a solid foundation. These, are right, these words are right from the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. So what goes into building a, the solid foundation? We're going to talk about that. Before we get to that, I want to look at some things real quickly. I put together my own list of some things that don't build a solid foundation that some of us may be susceptible to. One of them is, is basically our culture. I call it our pop culture, our, our popular culture of today. It's, it's when we buy into what the world says what the world believes, what the world does, what the world prioritizes. And it's so easy for us to do because I don't think there's anyone here that likes to be made fun of, do we? We don't like for anyone to accuse us and call us names and all this stuff. So the tendency, the temptation is to just conform and, and go along with the pro program, right? And if we're not careful, all of a sudden we start, we start, valuing the things that the world values we start doing the things that the world does and we wonder why things are not going well another one is just uh, maybe your work your career it's when that becomes so important to you that what you do for your work becomes who you are your identity and it dictates everything you do another one is success we all want to do well we want to succeed but when you have a succeed at all costs kind of mentality that begins to move over from the rock to the sand foundation category or money the pursuit of money when that's when that's on your mind all the time now it doesn't this whole thing with money you know it can be saving it earning it spending it investing it or all that it doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money to do that I mean, you can have very little money and money can still be your God. <laughs> or you can have a lot of money and it can be your God. It's just, where's your focus? Does, does money and things about money, do they consume your life? Is where the issue comes in. Or other religions. Okay, we heard, heard Wanda talk about this earlier. There's many options out there. Matter of fact, we're, we're to the point in society right now where you can even make up your own religion. <laughs> And that seems just as valid as all the others, according to the world, right? Another one is emotions. For some of us, we live our lives built on our emotions, what feels good, what feels right. I mean, after all, one of the things the world tells us is that just follow your heart. <laughs> Did you know the Bible tells us that our heart is deceitful above all else? Your heart isn't always right. It doesn't always guide you in the right place because so often rather than a heart that's filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a heart that's filled with our feelings. And sometimes we even spiritualize this one. We say, well, you know what? I just, I just have a real peace about it. 
you know, people said that to me sometimes, and I just I almost choke because inside I'm, you know, it's like, I, I, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. If you have a piece about that, wow. That's, I don't say that to him. He's like, ah, you know. But sometimes that can be very deceptive as well. And here's a big one. I read it on the internet. How many of us, I'm, I'm serious about this one. How many of us have a constant diet of information that comes off the internet, whether it's social media, whether it's YouTube, whatever it is, we have people, we have information coming our way that we, we take as gospel, we take as truth. And, and all of a sudden, it, it, what other people think, what other people believe, what other people say, all of a sudden we're going, yeah. Now, if we're not careful, these things can become the foundation of our lives. They can become very, very important to us that we actually begin building our lives. We begin making decisions. We begin moving in the direction of these things. And, and the Bible calls that sand, sinking sand, sand that's going to crash and burn one of these days. Psalm 127 says this, verse 1. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. In other words, when you try to build your own house, you pull together things, you say, well, this sounds good, this looks good, this is, you know, I, I need to do this, and we start forming our own lives and our foundation, but it's without God. You know what he says here? It's a waste. <laughs> Many of us here this morning, we're wasting our time, our energy, our resources in trying to build a house without God. And the thing is, God knows so much better than you do how to build your life, how to build your foundation. He knows you best, and he knows best how he wants your life to turn out. So my advice for you, if nothing else today, is let God do things his way in your life. Just let him do it. Cooperate with him. And you just simply say, yes, Lord. And you just keep saying it, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And keep going. Now, what, is that, what does a God-built strong foundation look like? Look at Ephesians 2, verse 20 and 21. It says, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. What is this saying? Well, it's saying that, first of all, God is at work building your life. He's at work building a foundation. He's working in your life to make you something special, but he's also doing it for all of us together. God is at work building all of us together into his temple, his house, you individually are uh, his house, a place where he dwells and lives, but us together, he's building us into something very special as well. So the question is, what does God use to do that? What are some things that God uses to build our foundation? 
Well, the answer is, I'm, I'm gonna give you three things this morning, and all three of them, I don't know if, I don't think any of you are gonna go, wow, I did not realize that. They're just that normal, that, that common. But I think, that, I think we need to be reminded of those this morning. But there's always a God part, and there's always an our part, what we do to cooperate with what God wants to do. So the first one is this. My life, first of all, needs to be built on the word of God, on the Bible, on the truth of the Bible. Remember, Jesus says, when you hear these, these words, you've heard my teaching, it's when you obey them that it actually begins to develop and build this strong foundation. I mean, you can hear, you can read the Bible all day long, every day, the rest of your life. You can listen to sermons. You can go, you can go on internet, YouTube, wherever it is, and you can listen to good teaching all day long for the rest of your life. But it's not until the moment that you actually apply it, you do it, that things actually begin to happen in your life. The, solid, the foundation is then built. That's why the Bible is so important for us. Because it's the truth. The Bible, this book here, comes directly from God himself. God is the author of this book. I mean, he wrote it. He did it through people, but he wrote this book. It's the truth for all of us. 1 Timothy 4.16 says this. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. <clears throat> in other words, Paul is telling Timothy, he says, look, be really careful about what you believe. Your doctrine, what is doctrine? It's basically a set of beliefs about biblical truth and principles. Make sure they're correct. Watch it closely. Don't get off track. Because if you as a teacher, as a leader, are teaching things that aren't true, then there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to be believing wrong things. The same with us as we learn, as, we, as you hear. Even, my, even our sermons here at Abundant Life. Don't just take my word for it. Test it. Make sure it's correct. It's accurate. I want it to be correct. <laughs> I want Abundant Life Church to be built on a solid foundation of the truth of God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man and the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped and prepared for every good work. That's the Bible, folks. That's the truth of God. Our lives, our church, our everything we do needs to be built on the foundation of God's word because it is truth. All of it is true. It is accurate. There are no lies in the Bible. You can totally depend on all of it. The, the, the Bible itself, there, there's archaeological evidence. There's eyewitness evidence also historical evidence that confirms the truth of the Bible. Now, you'll have all sorts of experts, but uh, uh, it, there, there's all these contradictions in there. And, and you know, this, this one point isn't accurate. So if this one point isn't 100% true, then I throw out the whole Bible. Well, part of 
understanding scripture, interpreting correctly, is when the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> when the Holy Spirit has control of your life. When you are filled with and controlled by the Spirit. You know, you know what one of the jobs the Spirit that He does, the Holy Spirit? He reveals truth to us. And one of the reasons that people try to pick the Bible apart as not true, <laughs> as a fallacy, because they don't have the Holy Spirit to teach them what it's really all about. You can 100% build your life, every part of your life, on the truth of the Bible, God's Word. And I think one of the reasons we struggle sometimes with what, what's true and what's not, and I'll even go to this place of some, sometimes even us, we get caught up into what? conspiracy theories that sound everybody heard those words been big time lately right and one of the reasons that we easily get caught up in those things is because we don't know the truth now some of the things you hear there's no way to validate it one way or the other right you either believe it or you don't but yet the more of this book, the Bible, the words and the truth that we have as our foundation, you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit puts up these little flags <laughs> and he says, nope, nope, nope. Don't listen to that. Don't pay attention to that. Don't believe that. The more we listen to that, the more we will not fall into the lies and the deceit of this culture. The less we listen to that, the more we fall into the others but also we struggle with sometimes fear of the future and I can tell you right now there's so much that if you don't know Jesus if you haven't read if you haven't read the end of the book <laughs> there's a lot of things to be scared of today if you don't know the truth and the prophetic truth of what God is doing in the world, what he's going to do toward the end of our lives here on this earth, you have a lot to be afraid of. But if you understand that Jesus Christ is coming back soon, if you understand that he's coming to take us with him, and if you understand that there's coming a day when he's going to make everything right on this earth and we get to spend eternity with him, if you don't understand that, then the things that are happening in the world today, you're going, oh no, we're going to die. The apocalypse is coming. What are we going to do? You know what Jesus says to do? <laughs> Just be ready. Be ready. And take as many people with you as possible. That's what the truth of the Bible is all about. Second Peter 1.20 says this. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So until you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, Believe and embrace the fact that the Bible is true and that it's truth. 
You're only building your life on sand that is eventually going to crumble when the storms come your way. And you don't have to imagine a whole lot to imagine storms coming our way. <laughs> They're here. So build our life on the truth of God's word. Number two, I need to build my life on the church. <clears throat> my life needs to be built on the church. Now, I'm not talking about organized religion. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm not talking about a building or even just the organization of church itself. The Bible tells us that the church is the, the people of Jesus Christ, people who believe in Jesus Christ, who together are united to fulfill God's purpose here on the earth. That's the church. It's us together. It's people that love Jesus and love each other working together to fulfill his purpose. This is the universal church. In other words, everyone on this planet that believes in Jesus is a part of the universal church. What, two billion? Two and a half billion people claim to be uh, born-again believers? That's a big church. But it's also the local church, the local expression gathering of belief. That's us. We are also the church, a church, a part of the church of our city, of our nation, of the world as well. And when each of us are committed together in relationship, we're loving each other, we're serving each other, we're supporting each other, encouraging each other. It's a part of that strong foundation that God uses to build our lives upon. And I love what Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 18. Now, he's, he has a conversation with his disciples. He had just asked them, he said, uh, hey, guys, um, who do people say that I am? <laughs> okay? And, uh, and let, me, let me read this because Peter, I'll give you what Peter said here in a little bit, but then he says this. Now, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, he's not, there's a lot of debate, scholarly debate about this, but G Jesus isn't saying, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you because you are Peter and you're the rock. That's what his name literally meant, rock. What he is saying, he says, I'm going to build my church on the declaration you just made because Jesus says, who do, you, who do people say I am? You know what Peter ended up saying? He says, you are the Christ the son of the living God. I mean, the most powerful statement probably ever made on this planet. And Jesus says, you are so right because it's on that declaration that I am building my church and the gates of hell aren't even gonna be able to stop it. The church, us together, is an unstoppable force that God has designed to reach the world for Jesus Christ. That's us. That's why being getting committed to and plugged into a local church is so important. 1 Timothy 3, 15 says this. I want you to know how everyone who belongs to God's family ought to behave. Then he says this. After all, the church of the living God is the strong foundation of truth. It's that big of a deal. 
the church of the living God, that's us. We are the foundation of truth, a strong foundation. You know what? <clears throat> I love the church. <laughs> I've committed my life to church, the church, for us. Matter of fact, just a couple, about a week and a half ago, was our 24th anniversary as a church. Next year, we're going to have a big celebration, be our 25th anniversary as a church, as Abundant Life Church. I love you guys. I love the church. I love what God is doing here. And we're not perfect. You're not perfect. Matter of fact, we're, I won't go there, okay? It, it really bothers me when people, especially publicly, criticize the church. I mean, there's a lot of things we can criticize, right? There's probably a lot of things people can criticize you about if they really wanted to, me as well. But we're the church. We're God's family. We're God's children. God's using us. There's no pastor who's perfect. There's no people who are perfect. There's no local church that's perfect. So when people, when, when, I, when I hear one pastor criticizing other pastors, publicly in churches you know all the I just oh come on man if you got something to say go to him personally talk to him personally don't broadcast because the world is hearing that and when, when the world hears us criticizing each other what do they say <laughs> church is messed up why would I want to join that right I believe God's heart breaks too just because one person or one church does it differently doesn't mean that everybody else is wrong. We're all in this together. It says this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now all of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. God brought you here today to simply say, you're necessary. You're necessary as a part of the family, of the church. So it's as you get plugged in, as you get committed to, as you get involved in serving and helping and loving and encouraging each other, that begins to build a very important piece of your foundation as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a big one. Then the third one. This one sort of goes without saying, but we've got to say it. My life needs to be built on Jesus Christ. On Jesus and on him alone. You know, when it comes to this world and the kind of things I can believe in, the kind of faiths that there are, the kind of spiritualism in the world, I mean, you have many, many options, right? There's a lot of different options that you can get involved in. But I tell you what, there's only one true faith. There's only one true, one person that you can count on that has the power to change your life, that has the power to save you, that gives you the ability and the way for you to go to, go to heaven. And that is none other than Jesus Christ. It's Christ. There is no one else. There is no other way. 
for that to happen. And isn't it ironic that even the word, the name Jesus is probably the most offensive word on the planet right now? Unless you use it in a bad way, then you're good. But if you use Jesus in the way that we should use it, declaring, you know, Jesus as Lord and Savior and his power, it's the most offensive thing you could say in this world. But don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Because Jesus is that big of a deal. But here's the problem sometimes. And this is, this is where we sometimes get a little bit led astray okay most most of what i'm going to say is for from us today for the for the church it's not critical it's a little bit challenging even though you might believe in jesus even though you may be saved you, you know you're on your way to heaven it is really easy for us to allow i would say other things other people to either become equal with or above Jesus in our lives. I mean, it, it may be in the form of other people. You may have someone in your life you've looked up to all your life. They've been a mentor. They've been an encourager. You've learned a lot from them. They're a great person. And, and you know, they have a lot of experiences in life. They're very smart. You can learn some things from them but they can't take Jesus's place in your life. Or maybe, here's one, these next two really sort of hit home with a lot of Christians these days. Uh, this would be other Christian leaders in the world, maybe other pastors, maybe other Bible teachers, you know, that are on the sort of the conference circuit speaking everywhere. They have YouTube channels and there's videos of them all over the place, uh, or maybe they're prophets or, or maybe they're theologians. Great. <clears throat> it can be great encouragement, great teaching. But they can't take the place of Jesus. They can't take the place of God's word in their lives. Or here, here's one. This is easy for some of us. Uh, just how about worship? Maybe worship leaders, worship music, worship groups. It's easy to do. I was back in the 90s when I was pastoring up in Virginia. I was a youth pastor, also led worship for quite a few years. And those were the days, I don't know if some of you, some of you are disqualified from this, but um, those of you who can think back a little ways, uh, back to the worship. Remember the vineyard music days? Some, some of you may, vineyard. Then in the 90s, it moved to Hosanna Integrity and some of the people leading there. And then you got, you moved into the Hill Songs. A lot of great, they're still going strong. A lot of great music there. And then you moved into uh, Elevation and Bethel. Now they're, we're inundated with awesome, great music and, and, and worship ministries all over the world. A lot of the, all the music we sing is from great worship people and ministries. But if we're not careful, we can begin to worship worship. <laughs> we can begin to elevate worship leaders, worship groups, worship styles above just simply worshiping Jesus Christ. These are things we can fall into. 
And when we do these things, it begins to allow sand to creep into the foundation of our lives and begins to erode. <laughs> All of a sudden, we find our foundation sort of tipping a little bit. All, the, all these really great things and people that we can look up to, we can learn from, we can be encouraged by, that's where they need to stay. It all comes under the covering of Jesus Christ, every one of them. That's why in, in the book of Hebrews, uh, the author tells us uh, in, in Hebrews 12, in, in the first verse, it says that you need to remove anything, any distraction and all the sin and all these things, anything that holds you back and distracts you from running the race that God has set before you, that tangles you up. I mean, it can, those can be even really, really good things. But then in the second verse, this, is, this one's in your notes. He says, we do all this, we remove these distra distractions. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, okay, he started it, he wrote it, he our faith, and the perfecter of it. That perfecting part, that goes right back to Philippians 1.6. The God who is at work within us, working in our lives until completion on the day of Jesus Christ. If your faith isn't perfect, welcome to the club. Jesus is perfecting it every moment of every day. Work with him. <laughs> Cooperate with him. I like what it says in the New Century Version of this verse. Let, let us look only to Jesus, the one who began our faith and who makes it perfect. So my question is, excuse me, my question is when, when we talk about, this is how my mind works, when someone says to me, you need to put Jesus first, yes. You need to, you, you need to do things Jesus' way, yes. Okay, how do you do that? <laughs> how do I prioritize Jesus and his teachings and everything in my life? How do I make Jesus first place in my life other than just having him on my mind all the time? Well, there's a lot of ways, but one of those, he tells us, we go back to the very first story he told that we talked about this morning. Don't just hear my teaching, obey it. <laughs> In other words, as you're regularly reading God's word, the Bible, as you're listening to teaching, as you're studying the Bible, all these different things, it's when you begin obeying and doing what it says. When you start living your life based on biblical principles, when you start obeying and embracing what Jesus says to do, that you begin putting him first in everything. He's always on your mind. And when Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, you always go to Jesus before you do anything else. He is first on the list. There's many other places you can go. There's many other people to give you advice. There's many other things you can do in this world. But if Jesus isn't the first one, then he's the last one. Put him first. You believe in him with your whole heart. You believe with everything in you that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's it. 
He's the only one in history, folks, who's ever given his life for you so that you could have life. Life eternal, not just the good one here, but forever and ever. That's what Jesus has done. And you know what he says? He says simply just love me and love each other. Follow me. Become my disciple. And after all, Wanda said this earlier, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and to give it what? Abundantly. A great piece of your foundation. Matter of fact, it's not just a piece of foundation. It's the cornerstone of your foundation. The cornerstone is that corner, that piece that is the most solid, fundamental starting place of your building. You start with the corner and you go from there. You start with Jesus and you go from there. That's how important he is.